Hello and welcome to I Spit on Your Grades, the first edition of 2021. Um, we made it. Exciting stuff, right? Obviously, because we're like very forward thinking and very progressive, this episode is going to be looking back at Soho Horror Film Festival in 2020. Yeah, that's right. We're a bit late due to summers deciding to be ill when we should have been recording. I'm not going to name any names. You, you, were, the, you were the one. How dare you? So this episode, yeah, we're just going to dedicate to Soho. Unless there's anything that you want to bring up before we read into that. Oh, exciting. Oh, special? Not at all. I mean, if, if you were wondering about what we've watched in 2021 so far, let me tell you, it's not my usual genre. We've gone from Inside Out to Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. To Now You See Me. To Now You See Me to Dirty Dancing. So Interesting. I've actually um, also been off genre and watched The Lost World and I'm going to work my way through Indiana Jones. They're really good films. I don't blame you for working your way through them. Although I was, I wasn't as excited when I saw the first one. Which is the first one? Indiana Jones and the, the whatever. The... Temple of Doom? Last Crusade? Raiders? <sighs> it's one of them. One <laughs> of those three. I think one which of one those is three. I think because everyone thinks it's in Temple it of Doom. Temple of Doom, it's not, it's Raiders, isn't it, I think? It's uh, Raiders, yeah, yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, which I always, um, obviously I've seen before, but I always thought the other one was the first one, the Temple of Doom, because that's the one that I remember the most. I think that's it, I think everyone remembers that one over the others, so everyone goes, oh, that must have been the first one they built the franchise on. And do you know what's interesting, which I didn't even know, first of all, I had no idea what era... Indiana Jones was set in. And it's like in the 30s. Mm. And I had no clue. And Temple of Doom is set a year before Raiders of the Lost Ark. I didn't know that either. So it's a prequel. Mm. Exciting stuff. But yeah, I've also been playing it differently this year. Mm. Um, I guess because we don't know what what this year is yet to bring us. Well, in my case, it was literally, I was comatose from food on the settee and I couldn't move. And I wasn't changing channels and I wasn't fannying around trying to find a film. So just went with whatever came in my eyes first. Was it the actual Dirty Dancing you watched or was it the Dirty Dancing 2017 remake? No, no, original. Don't be disgusting. Just a question. Uh, To be honest with you, I've I've took offence there way too early. I, I didn't know. I'm not even fully aware of the remake, so. It's bad. Oh. Well, now that we've chit-chatted and caught up with each other, oh joy, shall we, <laughs> shall we get into Soho? Let's do it. Horror festival. Apart from the always brilliant job that Mitch and Andy do with strong language and violent scenes, obviously with Mitch guessing this year, shall we ignore the fact that Elves has ever existed? <laughs> I mean, Elves was a trip. Elves was something else. Um, it's not a film I'll be revisiting myself. However, the banter was good, so I'm always I, up for the banter. Yeah. I missed the live watch along because I was asleep, because once again, I was ill. <laughs> I'm like a creature of death. Um, so, so I missed Friday completely, so I logged in to do the quiz and then... I had to log out because I just couldn't look at anything with any light on it. The quiz was uh, particularly interesting, seeing as it got Mitch booted off of Facebook 
because uh, and, and I will quote you exactly what I said. I was sat next to Chris looking at the TV screen going, I cannot believe I've got a picture of penetration on my screen right now. <laughs> like actual penetration. Yeah, Mitch made the mistake of not properly editing one of the pictures. And it does make you wonder who looks at gore and bad language and people being rude the far go, oh, cock, that is too oh, much. You've gone too far there, pal. It was actually up inside, so, yeah. Doesn't someone have to report you, though? Yes. Yeah, he did get reported, and he got kicked off. The um, the game in... Well, I say the game, sorry. The quiz round in question was Guess the Porn Parody. And uh, for the craft, you had the shaft. No, you didn't. It should no, be. No, he sent it a was picture a after saying... It was, yeah, it, the actual correct original one was the craft... XXL, but then it got changed to the shaft. Uh, I don't think Edward Penis Hands were in there, which I was surprised at. It didn't, didn't make the cut. Edward Penis Hands always make... Do you remember that Saw parody porn we watched once, Mercer? Do you remember that? <laughs> oh, my. It's such a natural conversation. Yeah, when we watched that Saw parody porn together. Well, we were um... curious. And uh, it, it, it turned <laughs> out to just be like torture porn porn. It was just boring, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. There were no yeah. Billy Doll or Jigsaw or anything like that. No weird, no weird games, which you'd expect for that. You'd need to learn how to get out of this and dildo trap yeah. before you dildo to death. You would at least thought they'd like hide in an escape room or something to have a bit of fun with before, but no, it was just boring. Even the porn aspect of it were just, there were nothing, like it was literally just boring. You could have been watching uh, a daffodil grow or something, like... There were no... I didn't feel... There were nothing. You couldn't even get aroused by it, could you? I mean, I'm glad you didn't, because we were sat next to each other. So I'm really glad you didn't get aroused. But do you think there are porn critics out there that actually... Yeah. Critique absolutely, porn Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely It's... Well, people might not love it. It's an art form like any other. So why wouldn't people critique it? I think I found my new calling. I imagine most porn reviews have the line of, like, a tailor's oldest time in there. Because it's the same story in every porn film. Just be different actors in it. Basically, I guess, yeah. There is a story. There's only boy meets girl. Girl finds out stepbrother. Girl gets trapped rings. under bed. Girl gets trapped under bed. <laughs> Guy, when coming in, doesn't phone ambulance or fire brigade. <laughs> Cop falls out. A, a tale as old as time. It's just like, let's move along, shall we? On to the rest of Soho. Ho, ho. Let's move along. Yeah. Yes. So Saturday night, we had the lovely Gremlins, a puppet story. Oh, that was so good. So lovely. Yeah, I guess I think you missed this, didn't you, Chris? Yeah, I'll just say, if I don't weigh in on the first couple of films, it's not because I had anything negative to say about them. I had to work the first half of the Saturday. Unfortunately, so I didn't get to catch up with a couple of them. Well, I was sat there in my jammies next to the tree with my cup of coffee, just lovely, watching a lovely documentary about gremlins. It was great. Yeah, it was, it was a nice documentary. And it wasn't really a documentary about gremlins. No, no. The creation of the gremlins. The Mogwais. Well, yeah, the Mogwais. It, it was quite nice. A different take, I guess. That's the thing. The bits I did, the bits I did see as I was wandering backwards and forwards into the living room on my lunches and breaks. 
it did look really good as they were designing, as say they were breaking down how they designed the gremlins and how they got them to move and how they did some of the key looks and events in the film is good i said at the time it wasn't it, it wasn't really an interview basis documentary it was more an equivalent of walking through a museum and looking at these things and just having it narrated for you as you went around that's the feel i got from it but oh my god there was this bit where they, they did a test gizmo and they did him unfurling and oh my heart broke like this puppet weren't even fully formed and just watching it Unfurl like that just made me want to cry. It was so adorable. I found it interesting the the state that the puppets were in, you know, after all this time. So, like, one of the gizmos was quite scary. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> moulded and broke down over time. Um, I was surprised by how many they went scary. through as well. I didn't... I, I would have thought if... I mean, I'm no puppeteer, but I would have thought if you were using one, you'd be using that specific one, but they've got hundreds upon hundreds of them. I think they have to, don't they, because for facial variations, because they weren't animatronic, were it? Yeah, yeah, like some, of, some of them, I believe, were, yeah. But you've got to think, some of them are going to get damaged, some of them are going to get bits stopped working, you can't have a shoot held up because your gremlin for that particular shot just stopped working. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, catch yeah. that because it's it's an adorable documentary. It's lovely. And I had a really good time with it. It obviously played me a couple of shows. So one of the shows was called Gremlins Recall, which yeah. I quite like because it was with Gremlins. And I don't guess maybe the world after Gremlins, where Gremlins really exist now because we've had Gremlins 1 and 2 and they've populated the Earth. It's the aftermath of them running riot and yeah. they're now contained and it's it's like a rarity to see a gremlin. Be, you know they exist, but they're now all being held captive because they don't want the chaos again. Yeah, and they're controlling them so that you can have them as pets, mm. um, but it obviously doesn't work out. Mm. I liked that show, but the show almost felt like a concept for a Gremlins 3. Which I will be like fully on board for, by the way. Totally up for that. Yeah. A Gremlins 3 could be quite cool. Do you know what? No, because you know what would happen? It'd be all CGI fuckery, and all Gremlins would just be done by computer, and it'd just feel shit. I don't think it would. I think if they were going to do a Gremlins 3, they would stick to original methods to make it authentic. I would hope they would. If the proposition of a Gremlins 3 with practical puppets was put out there, they'd yeah, on board. But if it were a bunch of CGI fuckery, I'd just, I'd just be disappointed because... I know you can do a lot more with CG, but mm. it just don't feel real yeah. um, at all. And this is completely off-subject and off-track, but I'll just mention it. I saw a little bit of Spider-Man Homecoming, and I thought it were a cartoon. Oh. And then I saw real people in it, because I called the action sequences with Spider-Man, is what I called, and it's all CG. But it looked like a cartoon to me. And then I saw real people. I'm like, oh, this looks shy. Oh, Homecoming is so good. I say, don't be, yeah, don't be slagging it's, off Spider Don't be slagging off Spider Man at me. The, the film might be good, but they just when I caught obviously I didn't watch it because I'm not a massive fan, but just the idea of like ninety percent of the movie just being green screen and animation basically kinda of put me off. Okay, fair enough. So I won't want that again. I won't want to see that with Gremlins. What do we move on to next? Next we had Jewel Blood. Jewel Blood were good. It was uh, 
it, it reminded me a lot in the style of kind of Saint and Dead Snow where it's kind of, I mean, I know it were a serial killer and not, you know, your typical zombies, mythological Santa or whatever, but it had that kind of feel to it, that whole schlocky blood in the snow sort of feel, which I love. I love seeing that. It, it were a nice way to kick, like for the first film of the day, it were a nice way to kick it off, I thought. I mean, I, I, to be honest, because I were a bit lost by the... I, I, not confused because I thought the story was confusing. I thought the editing was quite confusing. So I was a, I was a little bit lost. And some I just didn't really get along with the characters in this one. Okay. To be honest. Um, it was like, I just... I'll never understand these films. It's like a bunch of best friends. Yeah. They ate each other. And they're horrible to each other. It's bants, isn't like, it? It's supposed what? to be like friendly bants. Archbishop of Bantam Brand. boyfriend. Well, I mean. <laughs> That's not really friendly bants. It's, not, it's, not really, it's, it's nothing we haven't seen in Descent, so, you know, it's in. Some of them were different. She was doing it while a friend were upstairs freaking out. I just. I think I had some interesting points, but I got, I, I got a little bit lost. Okay. In the whole, to be honest. So, what have we got next? The next film was the secret film The Oak Room. The Oak Room. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Like, top-tier film. I did like The Oak Room. I thought it was interesting. Uh, I like that kind of confined element and the lack of characters. It makes it easier to kind of get sucked in. See, yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was much better than that. I like films where you have... Gr- I say like films where you have good storytelling, which is most films. What I mean is I like a film that's based on someone being able to tell... A really good story and that's what this was because let's face it very little actually happens throughout the entire film all it really is is him sitting there and telling a really well crafted tale to this barman yeah the way it's spun is immaculate and you are totally suckered in by everything that's being said but like chris says not it's not even that anything i mean even the you, there are lots of things you leave that film not knowing like, I don't want to go deeply into it if you're going to watch it because it's absolutely fucking great. But you you are left with a lot of unresolved questions, but it doesn't matter because you were still taken on a journey. I'm not very good with characters' names, but I really enjoyed the performance. Um, or the actor's name. <laughs> the, the performance from the, the guy who comes into the bar. I've got it now. So it's Ari Miller and he... And he plays Michael, so I, I really enjoyed his performance. It was a little off-key, and I couldn't really work out a lot of the time whether he was genuine, whether he was crazy, or I thought he was really good. Yeah. Um, he was my favourite in the film. I, I enjoyed them all. I thought they were all great performances. And as somebody who's watched a lot of Breaking Bad, and most recently, um, it was were, it were nice to see RJ Mitty playing something out of character, to what he's best known for. Other than the slightly wishy-washy drip of the... Of Walt so, Jr., yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, I thought they were all great. And like I said, the, the storytelling was just phenomenal. Can't wait to watch that one again. Then we had probably one of the highlights for me, just because I love this film. Anyway, uh, so the Adam and the Apocalypse watch along with mm. commentary. Mm. I mean, you know, with these live things, there's always issues, a little bit out of sync, but... It would be nice to kind of have like the people behind the film talking you through some of the moments yeah. and some of the things that we're missing. We had um, 
we had quite a few technical issues, didn't we, to start with, with it? Yeah, but once we caught up, it were absolutely fine. It just ran. You just had to get into the sink of it, I think. Um, yeah. It, it was nice to get some insider knowledge, get the little bloopers. Because like, I, I was sure the first time I watched Down in the Apocalypse, weird, weird thing to remember, with the pool scene, I was like, how do you get a ball pool that high? Because that that's a, a paddling pool. And it turns out they just stuck two together and that were a nice thing to know. Totally irrelevant to anything, but still it were a nice thing to know. And we all walked away with that excellent knowledge of the boy who didn't know where to go and just pressed <laughs> against the wall. Yeah. Uh, so that's great. Oh. I love that. But obviously anyone who, anyone who knows us knows we are all actually big fans of Vanir and the Apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, it's featured in... Our very first real show. No, our very first Christmas show last year. Um, Which won, I believe. It did win, yes. It won with a great day, just yeah. saying, my choice. And if I had got in there first, I imagine one of you two would have picked it anywhere because your choices were poor. Look, we've already, we already got Chris Peck over on our case. <laughs> Don't be then slagging <laughs> his film off. But do you know what? Any excuse to watch Anna and the Apocalypse, I'm on board for it. Yes. And I do think we need that and in the Apocalypse sing-along karaoke event. Absolutely do. Yes. And then there's the last film of the Saturday night, which was um, the incredible Santa Jaws. <laughs> yeah. Um, Loved it. Woo! Santa Jaws. It was a hoot. Yeah. Somebody sold it as um, Amblin. That would be Mitch. <laughs> yeah. Mitch sold it as Amblin Horror, which it definitely, definitely is. The whole magic pen and trying to bring the family back and save the family and stuff. He's got a habit of booking films like that. Obviously, he had the spider one from the other year. Itsy Bitsy. Mm. Which is, again, in that kind of family ambling entertainment kind of style. I do. I love that as well, yeah. Taking you back to being a kid and... Ambling. Ambling, like E.T. and... You know, 80s feel-good family. So Spielberg, 80, early yeah. 80s Spielberg kind of. That kind of family, yeah, that kind of family, not in peril, that kind of slightly broken family, obviously. Yeah, it's, it, it's, not just, it's not just like a reason to go out and slay and slash. You know, there's there's a bit of depth behind it and there's a... There's a whole family unit there. Hmm. I mean, to me, it just felt like an amped-up version of like a Nickelodeon or Are You Afraid of the Dark kind of feel. Not that dissimilar from what we're saying or Mitch compared it to. It is everything that, as I think, as you said, Sky Sharks should have been. As in not shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. Any, any film that's got any decent anything in it is what Sky Sharks should have been. Well, yeah. Just something worth watching. Fucking saw porno movie should have been. Sky, what Sky Sharks should have been. We need to not give Sky Sharks any more airtime and think of Santa Joe's, which was fun. Very like fun. Like I say, it was a nice, fun film. I did but... like I did like the way that the granddad carked it. And then, and there's, there's probably spoilers for this, but, you know, it's not like it's the old crew. Yeah. The way the granddad died, and um, he just carried on quite happily with his life, even though his granddad had been eaten by a... Fictional, uh, not fictional, sorry, a magical A magical shark, shark yeah. <laughs> to be fair, the fact that his biggest concern after all of this had happened was that he might get done by his mum. 
<laughs> well, to be, be fair, if I'd accident, accidentally drawn a killer shark with a magical pen that my granddad had given me, I would also be concerned what my parents would think. I mean, you tried to tell them, though. My favourite part about the film, there's a scene where the mother phones the police, and it's clearly a woman who answers the phone, mm-hmm. and she's, he's going, what did he say? She's saying, he said this. And you're like, no, it's not he. It's a she. It's legitimately a she. It's a woman on the end of the phone. Well, and obviously, the, the phone voice has been put in well after the film, and they've just put... Fuck it, who's going to listen to that anyway? I'm, I'm not sure I'm on board with your gender stereotyping, Mercer. Oh. I mean, you you are right. It is an assumption, but it's definitely female. <laughs> Anywho. Um, yeah, we're a fun film. Um, maybe a tad too long. Ah, oh, they were all right. I find that with every film released now, <laughs> ever. Don't matter what genre it is, horror, comedy, family, if just it, no. If it's over an hour, it's too long for Chris. An hour and ten, maybe. Oh. Do you want to say Witch in the Window? Hour and seventeen minutes. Perfect film. It's, I just feel like everyone's just bringing up old, old films <laughs> in this episode. We're so not, we're so not forward thinking, are we? But yeah, Saint Joe's ended the night. I think it ended it nicely, and it led us into we went from comedy on the Saturday night into comedy on the Sunday morning, which was interesting with witness infection. Oh, so good. Far, so funny. Far, far, far better than the premise had any yeah. right to be. It was hilarious. Found myself laughing out loud at several points. The the stereotypes. And <laughs> it's brilliant anyway. Hey, forget about it. Forget about it. <laughs> I, 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 like, the premise of it is very... Um, very League of Gentlemen, what's in the meat sort of thing, but very different feel to League of Gentlemen. It's a simple premise to have a load of zombies running around. It's essentially a zombie, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, it is. I fell asleep, unfortunately. Oh. Um, so, I'm not going to lie. Um, it, it, <laughs> I don't know why my humour is so weird, because when we had that weird Thanksgiving film, Last Festival... Which I get, which is quite a similar vein to this. I loved that and I thought it was hysterical, but this one I, I didn't, I couldn't really get on board with. And then I fell asleep, and then I woke up, and there were these characters that I'd never seen before, and I just didn't know what was happening. Um, and for me, unfortunately, we're a bit of a write-off witness infection. I really don't know. I fully fell in love with this one, like from the start, because like Chris was saying, the synopsis you get of it. It's, it's so much more than that. Yeah, as I say, it's the humour's absolutely spot on. It's got big flesh, big fleshy chunks being ripped off by Italian gangsters while they spout about family and meatballs and dames. It's brilliant. It's like it's just so it, it's so well written. Like little little lines you miss here and there that are just so funny, but they move on from them so fast. You wonder whether you've heard it or not. And that's what was making me laugh out loud when I was hearing those little bits of dialogue. I would definitely catch up with it again. Oh, definitely, no yeah. yeah. I think I just need to catch up with it again. I just, think you do. Like you said, I was tired, so it might have not worked yeah. for me. But there you go. Um, we then had a, a bit of an interlude from films and we, we moved on to horror stories being read to us. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. was an interesting thing. Um, I quite enjoyed it, I loved the last one. 
Dorian Deathly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it, was, um, it was very animated. Very... He's fantastic. He, he yeah. has various media. He has a YouTube channel. He has his podcast. He does all the Facebook live stuff. Obviously, he does the live ghost walking tours around York. And every time I've seen him on any of the platforms, he's been nothing short of absolutely brilliant. He's so funny. We, we watched him uh, pretty much almost after, didn't we? Yeah. Um, on one of his last broadcasts that he was doing. And he's, he's such a funny guy. And, and his, his wife seems to be more into the paranormal side of things than he does. And he sort of takes the mick out of it, but still believes. So I think it's really good. But, the, I mean, we should say that the whole thing was... Um, Four ghost stories read by Dorian Deathly, Nicholas Vince, Vince. Preston Nyman, and, and Graham, Graham Skipper, Skipper, who were all fantastic. All brought their unique yeah. take to the uh, to the stories. Yes. There, my favorite. I say, I think if I had to pick the two I loved the most, Dorian Deathly, I could listen to him do that constantly, <laughs> and also Nicholas Vince yeah. at birth, and I really, really enjoyed. I like I like listening to Nick. He's just got a very Got a very nice soothing tone. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that was fantastic. Yeah. It was really interesting. It's something I've not seen done before. So, we have. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. We you know we, I mean? we saw it with Mark Gates at Halloween, and I always forget his name, Adrian. Pete Sutcliffe. <laughs> Pete, Pete Sutcliffe from Gavin and Stacey. We saw them do it, and I was so calm at that one because, again, it's just nice and soothing. I was so calm at that one. I, I did actually start to nod off because I was just oh, whew, and my head was gone. Anyway, moving on. I'm going to say it's easy to nod off to somebody reading stories to you. It is. What it's not easy to nod off to is the next film. <laughs> <laughs> There's no nodding off for anybody when you're watching Winter Skin. Hey! <laughs> I could ramble to you about Winter Skin for hours. I'm not going to because this is like a mini episode. But um, we first saw Winter Skin last year at Soho. Not last year, year before? Yeah, yeah, first year. First year, Soho. I absolutely fell in love with it then. Made me howl. And it was just as good, if not better, this time around. Because for all that you can take away from Winter Skin in terms of humour, and I do, let's not pretend I don't. I mean, Barrington's lines make me howl. And I will never tire of hearing Billy Child. Ever. It's just amazing. But it's actually a really well done film. And as um, Mitch Bain was saying this time, he forgot that twist that comes at the end. And it's a really fucking good twist. <laughs> and the effects as well. It is, it is a really good twist until you start picking it. It's, it's <laughs> not, it's, don't pick it then, don't pick in, it. In many ways, this film is like a scam. It's probably best to go, oh, that's, that's really gnarly and impressive, but I'm... I'm not going to start picking at it. No. Anyway, I love Winter Skin. Sorry, Mercer, I've just... Did you have anything to say about Winter Skin? I loved it. I can't even deny, like, it's a film that you should, like... In, in... <laughs> For some reason, it's one of those films that, you would, like, you might watch and it'd just be like, nah. But there's something so good about, specifically, um, the lady who plays Old Agnes. Old Agnes. It just What's and the script, even like this, I don't know, like it's for all its faults, it's fabulous. But still good um, faults, I think. Still good faults. Yeah. 
it's fun, it's entertaining. On the second watch, I loved it a lot more yeah. than I did on the first watch. On the first watch, I was a bit like, it's funny, but I didn't really, like, not di- not disliked it, just that uh, it's just, I like it only because of its humour. I've been waiting for this second watch for a long time. A long, long time. This sec- yeah, this second watch, I was like, I actually like this film. Like, and I don't even care. I don't care if anyone hates it and they want to judge me. I like this film. What about and... you, Chris, on second watch, did you? I, I had exactly the same feelings about it the second time. Second time. It's, perf- it's perfectly fine. It's fine. I sat there I sat there and watched the whole thing and yeah. didn't feel the need to sit there on my phone or do something else while it was on. And that's... You can't say fairer than that. I will say for all these films, I've noticed that we haven't given a synopsis at all for them. But we've not got time to waste on synopsis. So if you want to see them, we'll drop your list after and you can go and read up on them and maybe then come back and see what we're talking about. But... Uh, I've just sorry. I've just realised and thought I better point that out. I love some of the points that are flaws. <laughs> Thank you. Is that not what we are doing? Listen, they've got a title. That's all people need to know. After Winter Scheme, we then moved on to probably one of the most bizarre films I've seen, which was the gay vampire tale called Thirst. I'm going to have to duck out here and say I didn't watch this because I desperately needed a shower having been stuck in a onesie for two days. Um, but I did enjoy Lauren, Dr. Lauren McIntyre's uh, discussion about it on Twitter involving a lot of mutilated penises. Yes. And to be honest, I'm, gaff- I'm also going to have to duck out because after a day and a half of films, this held no real interest for me. I started trying to watch it. I gave it the first 10, 15 minutes, and then just could not find, could not find, it may just be the fact that I'd been working on Saturday and then I'd been watching films have been up late two days. Legit, like, I get why you both had to do a car. Um, I'll be honest, this was a little, I thought, this was what I was looking forward to the most, mm. but I was a little taken aback by the amount of mutilated dicks that it kept throwing in my face. <laughs> Um, so home from home from no, you, Nessa. Well, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we get flashbacks. But honestly, if I'm shot by the amount of dicks flying about in the film, then you know that it's got a lot in there. Yeah, um, I guess. No, it, it, it just definitely felt like, and it well, this, it looked like the same dick each time. Because they probably only had one dick, bless them. Like, yeah, you know, there were no variation in size. That's fine. I mean, I think no. if, if all you're trying to get a, across is that here is a mutilated dick, I don't think people are concentrating on the size and girth of it. I suppose it depends how many you show. If you get bored, you start watching for these other little things. You do. Um, it, I think it was interesting. The concept behind the film was quite interesting about getting this vampire um, wanting to help somebody who's helped him. Yeah. When he's getting a tight scene, even though he don't need any help because he's a vampire and he's just going to kill people and rip the dicks off, basically. Um, and that's what he does. That's how he feeds. He rips dick off. He okay. doesn't, like, just, it's a bit bizarre. Uh, <laughs> there's a weird scene where he shoves a hot dog out of a hot dog bun and then puts a dick in it <laughs> to eat. And he's just like, okay, I, I, get, I get it, you get it. Um, but, like, not every gay man eats dick every day. 
Depends which hot dog vendor you go to. I suppose it's slightly better for you than the hot dog as yeah. well. Hot dogs are packed with <laughs> shit. Do you know what I mean? It's like pure protein in your bun. Yeah, but mm, no. <laughs> but it was interesting. I think it was probably a little bit left field for me. Okay. Not in like a political way, like a little bit like out there in a way that I were a bit taken aback by. Yeah. And I just see no too many penises. Does this now lead us on to our final film? Is it the final one now? It is. It's the final film of the festival. Mm-hmm. It's the shortest film that we got to see, 975 years long. <laughs> and that is Death Sofa. I'm about to say, if you, think, if you think we kept this short now, wait until we go into our eight-hour discussion of of the acclamation section. I think Death Sofa... In a way that is on par with like ABCs of death in terms of I would probably have to go back and re-watch it to pick out some more that I like. There were a handful that stuck in my head, some not necessarily for the right reasons, but we'll get on to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if I, if I did a re-watch of it with fresher eyes, then there would be a lot more that I could take out of there. Because I remember liking some, but then I remember loving others and... As I did with ABCs of Death before, I think I think it needs another watch. I think the the issue with all anthology films is you do only get a short time to get your story across, mm. and some people are really good storytellers with a short time. And some of these you could see that you know if they just had a little bit longer, mm-hmm. they might have, to flesh it out just a little bit. It would have the outcome would have felt better. Yeah, some of them kind of just abruptly ended and left me very underwhelmed but some were fantastic what was the tiffany shepis short called that was the is it michael verratis yes yes yeah, so michael verratis segment uh all sales fatal mm. with tiffany shepis now everyone who listens to the show knows i love tiffany shepis Everyone who now will listen to the show knows that we're also developing a bit of a hard-on for Mr. Verratti. He's actually, like, everything we've seen him do so far, we've loved. Yeah. And this was no exception. Uh, and he works with Tiffany, Tiffany quite a bit mm-hmm. from what we've seen. So that's like marriage made in heaven. Mm-hmm. But not married, but you know what I mean. It's a working relationship that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Same. I think that was my, fo- my favourite section of the film. It was Cracker for me. Is it Cracker? Cracker. Cracker yeah. was my favourite. I re- I really enjoyed that one. Um, yeah. I also enjoyed the really surreal one where the the family member is dying in bed, or it <gasps> laid yes! up in bed, and it just pans through years and years. And they have to keep singing to keep him yeah. alive. Yeah, that was that was actually that was a really good one. one. Yeah. I also liked the one. It wasn't very long. It was the one with the two girls that I'm guessing were sisters. And one of them's like about to kill Santa. Oh, yes. And then other sister comes and does it anyway. Yeah. And I don't really know what was going on or why they were in this. I'm I'm assuming that (laughs) this was a bit of a theme, but I'm assuming that one of them had been abused by the Santa and was wanting to kill it and the other one just came and did it for her. Interesting that you went that way because my mind initially thought I thought of, I saw Mummy kissing Santa. Mm. Um, so I, I made the assumption that they maybe seen Santa and the mum together. Oh. But because she's young, 
she's assumed that yeah. Santa's real. Your assumption is far less sinister than mine. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, he hits, he pushes her, doesn't he? Mm. And that's why I can see the other sister getting pissed off. Yeah. Uh, but I, I quite enjoyed that one. Um, again, there were like 26 segments, though. It's, it's, it's so difficult to remember them all. There was one with the, I, 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 I can't remember if this was a show or was in the film, but where someone had asked for the dad to go away. So the That's kid, in the film. Is that in the film? Yeah. So the kid kills the dad and it serves up his head in a box, if I recall. Am I thinking of something different? Oh, are you thinking of the um, AJ Bowen segment? Where the guy breaks in and kills him, isn't it? That's the... Yeah, so the little boy keeps leaving notes to Santa saying, I want this. And the guy who's lived, he's broken and living in that, it keeps coming down and doing what the kid wants. Yeah. And then eventually he says he wants to, he does want to go and live with his sister, his auntie. Mm. So he kills him in bed, kills yeah. AJ Bowen in bed. So I'm getting mixed up with another one. I'm clearly just... There's a lot of Santas and parents and loved ones being slaughtered through this film. As you so would expect easy... from a, an anthological yeah. death sember. So it's easy, to, <laughs> it's easy to get mixed up. Now, do we talk about the most troubling right. segment? I think, we, I think we should talk about this but briefly, yeah. because I think this is for people to see whether they want to or not. But there was quite... And I'm sure Mitch is sick of hearing it, unless bless you, him. Unless you live in the US, in which case you don't get to watch this well, section. You do not get to watch this section. Um, I can't remember what the section is called, but there is one um, that's done in the claymation style, and it is a member of the Catholic Church abusing a claymation child. Um, it was quite shocking, even for me. I wasn't expecting to see something like that. But it's freedom... Of creativity, which is yeah, yeah, and speaking with people afterwards, it's it's now known that the creator of that is um, heavily against abuse in the Catholic Church and wants to bring awareness he's, about it. He's campaigned for some decades, yeah. apparently, over this kind of behaviour and battled to shed light and so, show this kind of thing. So, is the intentions? in this piece are nothing but honourable. Yes, and I think if this was what you were going to use your platform for to bring attention to this, I think that's a job well done because absolutely has and it's what people were talking about whether you want, you know, whether you wanted to see it or not, it's something people were discussing after and I mean, as you say, I mean it's it's full on. I was shocked. It is full on. And yeah. let's face it, there's not much that shocks either of us no. nowadays. But it is shocking. But then again, if you're watching it at a horror festival, what do you expect? Thank you. And I'm going to stand by a statement that I've made many, many years, which is um, about censorship, which is I'm an adult and I should be allowed to choose what I view and what I don't view. I think that was the and... argument. Sorry? That was the argument in that people weren't aware, so there wasn't a choice. On whether you could watch it or not. Yeah, but it wasn't. You know, you can you can still avert your eyes. You can still yeah. turn something off once it starts happening. Mm, absolutely. So we, we I, I just think for me, my my case is, um, and it happens a lot within the horror community. We argue about freedom of censorship, and we say, you know, like you shouldn't censor what we want to watch. Yes, as you said, there should maybe potentially be a trigger warning um, before it to to give people that option to turn away. 
But even when something starts, we can still turn it off. We don't have to watch it through to the end. So, I've always said that with points of view. People who write into or used to write into points of view, yeah. you could have turned your TV off at any point. You could have not watched. Any, so yeah, at any point we could have turned, and, and that's an option we get. Not just if we don't, if we find something offensive. That's an option we have for anything that we do. We don't mm. have to watch it. Yes, the film itself could have, and this is not an aim towards any festival or towards censorship. The film itself could have said. Warning, like if it, if it had flashing lights in it, it'd have to tell us warning, flashing lights, be careful. So it could have flashed up with warning, this this contains sexual imagery. Mm-hmm. I think it has to be careful about what it says, yeah. otherwise no one, you know... Would touch it. People would touch it. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it had a point, a point to make and it made it and it got people talking about it. Did it do it in the right way? I'm not sure. I, I, do you know what? I kind of think so, yes, because I think as horror watchers, we sometimes become so desensitised to a subject that we find it rare that something shocks us. And I think when something does shock you, it's, it is a talking point and I think you get more awareness of it than you would just doing it in the ways it's been done a thousand times before. So, yeah, I think, yeah, it got the impact it clearly wanted. Obviously, I think it's a controversial subject and people are going to have loads of different opinions on it. But that's a good thing. Opinions are a good thing and talking about things is a good thing. Bringing things to the forefront that is buried um, under religion or politics or democracy or all that kind of jazz. The people who live in the triangles and circles, the Illuminati. (laughs) You don't actually yeah. live in the triangles. You know that. Triangles and circles and live in there. Um, but yeah, it, it makes sense. Bring it to the forefront. Get people talking. And get people doing stuff about stuff that stuff needs doing. And be- because of that, I would I would highly recommend December so that you can watch this if you want to. But also catch the, all the, like, the good segments in there as well. It weren't one of my favourite segments. But, you know... Um, so I wouldn't recommend it for that particular segment, but I would recommend it for, there's a few very good segments, uh, specifically the Michael Verratti one, mm. um, which is, it's just fun. Um, so that were all the mains. The mains. The mains. <laughs> the, all the feature films. Then obviously there were a bunch of short films. So there's, as always, Mitch plans a lot of short films. Um, so we, we're not going to discuss them all. Shall we just pick out Shall we just pick out our favourite? Yeah. So I'll go first with my favourite. So my favourite was actually, I thought it was quite fun, um, but also a bit twisted. It was Nota, um, about the little girl who comes downstairs and finds Santa in the house. Santa's a burglar. Mm-hmm. But she's been very naughty, and Santa finds out. It, it's just fun, and it's so twisted. Um and there's something a bit bizarre about watching a young child smash her head against the wall <laughs> to frame to frame Santa Claus. That's <laughs> like okay, but I loved that one. I thought that was great. Along with you, Mercer, I think that was probably my favourite show. But a special mention does have to go to Donna and Vixen because that shit was dark, but so well told and so well played out. And I, I don't want to give anything away about it because I think that might. I mean, I, I guess I can say, you know, it's, it's a 
grown woman who still believes in Santa Claus. But that that's no, that's all I'm gonna say about it. I'm not gonna say anything else. I'd, I'd rather people just watch that one and soak that in. If they can get it. If you can get it. If they can get it. Yeah. See, and while you're all out being dark and miserable, as always, I am all about the fun, as always. And that is why the Predator Holiday Special hey! was the was my favourite short <laughs> yeah. of the weekend. Who doesn't wanna see Santa Claus and Elves? Facing off against a bunch of predators. And not in the bad predator way either. In <laughs> the good predator way. Good predator. Yeah, that, that was fantastic, that. It was really funny. It actually was really, really good. It surprised me on how much I liked that one, to be honest. But as we said, there were, there were a fair few shorts. They're all really good in their own right. Mm-hmm. I, I'm never disappointed with the lineup of shorts no. that we get, ever. No. Um, I think they're always all really, really good. Um, if you did want to catch any of the shorts, I I believe they're still on the Soho website um, that you can see, but obviously when we release this, we'll link up with a list of what was playing and whatnot. Or you can always find the Soho group yeah, on or, Facebook. Or the Soho website. And yeah. have a look for yourself there and try to catch up what you can. I'm sure Mitch will be able to point you in the direction of some of the films if you or any one of the other guys in the group will guys or girls will be able to point you in the direction of any of these films mm-hmm. if they are available elsewhere if they can and it's also worth uh pointing out that if they do come up on youtube um i'll normally like add them to a playlist so i'll just share that link if any come up or share the links just for and they're just like different shorts that we've enjoyed or shorts that we've watched at festivals uh, I think it's just worthwhile sharing cool so that was Soho we're moving into 2021 we're moving into our first episode where we are going to do comedy horror that's my decision because I won last time and probably my weakest subject but it's needed in times such as needed. these it's needed so, uh, yeah, I've got pl- um, I've got plenty of contenders for this one. Oh yeah, there's it's there's literally a list running through my head now of at least eight or nine comedy horrors that I think, are worthy. I think I can already imagine one that's going to be in the episode, but well, I'll wait to see whether that comes to fruition. I think what we will say as well is that we're working on a short time frame again this year. So, in the tradition of our first episode of the year. Um, we're going to just do our three films. Yeah. But we do want feedback on, in general, about what kind of films you like, like comedy horrors you like. Um, but, yeah, time-wise, we're, we're not going to get them all in. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get four films in because first book back at work, hectically busy. Truth bombs. But that's it. Unless either of you have got anything that you want to shoot. I don't know why I was going to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Let's see if you've got anything you want to shoot out of your nipples. I, I just don't like, know why that sentence came into my head. My nipples would just like to say a quick thanks to Mitch Harrod for So Home because it was his fourth online festival of the year and fuck me, that boy works hard, you know, and it delivers an outstanding lineup every single time. Can't be stopped. All of them pay what you can as well. Yeah. Doesn't Doesn't even charge for the mm-hmm. sheer quality and volume of work that he gets through. So, fair play to him. Good Everyone day. send their best wishes to Mitch. 
Or pictures of your nipples. Or pictures of your nipples. I, I, I hear he does yeah. particularly like pictures of people's random nipples. So just hit them up in the group. Make <laughs> sure you tag him. He'll be really appreciative of it. Well, that's all from me. It's all from me? I guess that's all from me. Well, I guess we should say goodbye. Oh, goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye. Good night, bye. I'm, I'm going to say goodbye. Okay. And do you know what I'm going to do when I say goodbye? I'm going to say goodbye and then remind people of who else is in this show because I did introduce you or Chris at the start. So this is Mercer saying goodbye and I'm going to pass you over to Faye and Chris to also say goodbye. This is Faye saying night and see ya. And this is Chris saying goodbye, y'all. Thanks. None of you can follow the instruction. Just goodbye. Bye! Bye-bye! Bye!